Welcome back, everyone. It's episode 85 of Murphy's Law. This is Charles Murphy hanging out with a down-and-out Charles Villanueva today. Charles isn't feeling great, um, but we're here. We're going to get through uh, what was a, a fairly light news week, even though we had uh, a, a very what turned out to be a very big scoop. I had no idea when I when I found the info and shared it that it was going to be such a big deal. Um, we've got some DC stuff finally getting rolling, some productions rolling and productions ending, and uh, a little bit of Marvel Studios news that we want to get through too. So uh, before we before we get started, let's see what's going on with Charles today. I'm feeling very very under the weather, and I'm not. And uh, I'm not in tip-top shape for to actually fucking host this thing, so I gotta fucking pass it on to. Yeah, so Charles is uh he's here, he's along for the ride. He'll give us some input, but he's definitely uh we'll, we'll just say that talking is not the most comfortable thing for Charles at the moment, which makes it <laughs> tough when you're hosting a podcast. But but we'll push through. Um, so I wanted to start off with uh with what ended up being uh, apparently a major scoop for us, uh, which is this idea that Rob Zombie is working with Universal on a on a monster comedy that ends up being some sort of big screen reboot of the Munsters. Um, I I came across this info earlier this week and shared it because I thought it was I just thought it was pretty cool. Um, I liked the Munsters when I was a kid. I thought, hey, this is pretty sweet. Rob Zombie's pretty fucking cool. I put it out there, and I had no idea uh, the <clears throat> the response that this was going to get. Um, and I, I know that as of yesterday, I talked to the, the editor in chief at bloody disgusting and he had tied, um, a previous story from one of the, one of the actors who works with Rob Zombie quite a bit, um, about a movie about him shooting Rob Zombie's next movie over in Hungary. He tied that info to this. We kind of talked and collaborated behind the scenes and, um, and, and it looks like he he's uh, on board now to un- with this being a monster movie as well, and so it. Uh, I, I remember that part of the casting was his was Rob Zombie's wife was going to play Lily Munster, um, and this is obviously going to be a, a, a different retelling. It's not going to be a straight adaptation of the old TV show, but yeah, this is um, this is pretty cool news, and it's obviously way out of our realm of things we usually deal with. So I was happy to to talk to the people at Bloody Disgusting who are uh, obviously pros in this area and and get some get some feedback from them and, and share some info with them. So I don't know, Charles, how much you uh, care about the monsters or Rob Zombie, but what do you think about this one? The monsters was way ahead of my time. Um, I guess I was more of an Adams family kid. Even it's kind of like, I guess you could sort of link monsters in Adams family, even though I guess I'm talking about it. Adams family might be older than the monsters, but yeah, but <laughs> the monsters was a thing here in the Philippines. So that's totally over my head, but Rob Zombie, he's pretty, he's pretty cool. Uh, I like White Zombie when I was in high school. Um, it is kind of weird for me that they're giving this property to him because if I'm not mistaken, this is a very family-centric thing that's uh, mm-hmm. wholesome for the most part, and Rob Zombie stuff isn't wholesome at all. So yeah. I wonder what exactly he has in mind for this. Maybe he has something that's super, um, super PG. For, for for the Monsters reboot. Yeah, I saw a lot of people talking about, oh, great, now we're going to get Hillbilly Monsters with yeah. uh, chainsaws or something. I don't, and I don't know. I don't have any info on that. Um, I did I did have some conversations yesterday. Uh, this might be going like, uh, this might be a direct, like a direct to home video kind of project, possibly. So we'll see. But yeah, it's, this was cool. Um, I, I'm curious to see 
what happens here if, if Universal comes out and, and confirms this or if they just end up letting Rob film it over in Hungary. I think that it was supposed to I think I reported it was supposed to start in May, so it's just a couple months off. Um, mm-hmm. Just the other night, we had another another cool rumor. This one, this is one that, uh, like uh, as is often the case, I've got this from from one source, wasn't able to verify it with a second source, and so I always hesitate to run those things as like scoops or exclusives. Um, but this is this comes from a pretty good source, and this is that the Manhunters are going to show up in, in the uh, HBO Max Green Lantern series. I don't know how familiar you are with those guys, Charles, or what, what your uh, uh, history is with them. I am not. Um, do they have something to do with Martian Manhunter? Or is it, does Martian Manhunter have something to do with them? It, so it turns out that they, they are like robots, that are, and their programming is sort of based off of the Manhunters of Mars, and, and they're, and they're oh. like search for justice so Mm -hmm. um i remember i remember reading about them in like the the uh oh shit what's the john's the blackest night darkest night yeah yeah Yeah, i remember reading stuff about them in there and the red lantern core um at some point although i I, and i wrote about it the other night i don't remember what what issue or where where it happened but basically they were like the guardians of oa's first um attempt at like a universal peacekeeping core they made these these robot manhunters and then they went rogue because they they kind of kind of like uh ultron in in age of ultron where he decided that the only way to keep peace was to kill everything Mm -hmm. um they kind of had that same that same glitch in their programming there so i i did while i was investigating this i did learn kind of quite a bit more about the green lantern series and um I think as a as a kid, I think I've said this before. Um, as a kid, the green like Green Lantern was Hal Jordan was one of my favorite DC superheroes. I think it was just like him and him and Batman. And then I totally lost interest in Green Lantern with that Ryan Reynolds movie. It, it just seriously took a a giant shit on all of my hopes and dreams for Green Lantern. And um, you know, I've read the comics and everything, and and continued to try to keep up with them. But even the recent comics. Um, I haven't even really been able to get into again. And I, and I, you know, I was reading through this um, and, and investigating and talking to people on what the Green Lantern series is. And it actually sounds really, really cool. It's very, it's very large scale. It's going to be something crazy. Like it spans decades, maybe even longer than that. And is really going to give us like that. I think it's going to be some history of the DC universe. So I actually am looking pretty forward to this now. Well, I'm excited. I know that in the upcoming Snyder Cut, there is some sort of nod to the Green Lantern Corps, I think, during the... I think that was the Joss Whedon version where we actually see some some lanterns in in that fight against Darkseid. Uh, mm-hmm. Now that it's un, with, with, now that it's in Snyder's hands, I'm, I'm assuming that he's probably going to give us more than just like an Easter egg, maybe, maybe like an actual fucking um, Manhunter, maybe. We see that we see we see it in Snyder Cut. You think? I don't know. That would be some. That would be pretty cool if, if you got that kind of connective tissue. I know a lot of people. We're, we're just a what a few days away now. Yeah. From the Snyder Cut, and I know a lot of people are are really hoping that. Even though I think he said that he doesn't think he's going to be able to make sequels, they're hoping that this is so well received that um, that DC kind of lets him back in the in the big chair there and, and they make the Snyder verse of of his DC stuff. So we'll see how this goes. I don't know. I haven't figured out what to expect yet. Um 
we've got in in other kind of production news um we're gonna run through some dc stuff here real quickly batman has finished production after um you know starting and stopping a couple times for covid um Aquaman 2 is looking to get started in uh, in June or, or late June or early July, I guess. And just the other day, we yesterday, actually, we found some set photos from the set of Black Adam that uh, our, our guy JJ looked at. And he's like, oh, shit, that's the that's Hawkman's ship that crashes on Earth or or uh, something along those lines. And, and we know that that Black Adam, just like kind of what I said about um Green Lantern may be telling some of the history. We know that parts of Black Adam are set uh, flashbacks to to the like the Egyptian times and to the to the dynasty. So I don't know exactly what what time period we're talking about here, but we're definitely going to get some some flashbacks to uh, a long, long time ago. And it seems like we're going to find out how uh, how the original Hawkman came to Earth, how Black Adam came to be, how Doctor Fate came to be. Um, and I know people are pretty pretty pumped up for this Black Adam to get going because I think it's been like seven years since since The Rock said that he was going to get this film done, and now uh, <laughs> you know here we are. It's finally getting going. Like I said before, I'm not excited for Black Adam. I'm excited for the Batman. I know the Batman is um, has gone through a lot of stuff. If it felt like every other week there'd be like something about COVID and someone someone in the production getting it. Yeah, and I'm glad it's done. Um, to me, as far as the entire, uh, slate, DC slate right now, the Batman is still sort of the, the most interesting part of it. It's so weird that despite having a million of, ba- a million Batman, uh, iterations, Batman still manages to be, I guess, the most interesting one, um, as far as having its own take and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited this happening. The, the Black Adam stuff, again. It goes over my head. I don't know anything about Hawkman. I don't know anything about that world. Um, my dad probably is gonna get super hyped for it, but I'm not. Yeah, no. It and, and it's. Uh, I, I'm excited for Black Adam. I, I'm. I'm mostly just excited for Hawkman. Uh, that's one of one of my DC guys that I like. I've really enjoyed reading. I like the JSA stuff that Jeff Johns did. Um, Black Adam is all right for me, but I, I like The Rock. I, I don't know that I've watched a lot of stuff with The Rock in it where I'm like, man, this sucks. And mm-hmm. I know that it's just The Rock being The Rock every time, but I just, I guess I like The Rock. Um, so yeah, this is, this is cool to see them finally get going. Um, they've got a lot of stuff on the, on the burners here. I know that Flash is also going to get started, um, pretty soon. I know that there was some news there about Kiersey Clemens coming back as Iris West and, uh. And I guess what Billy Crudup left the production, and they also cast someone as Flash's mom. <laughs> so you know they're they're finally finally getting things going there. And, and then that Flash movie, I don't even know what to make of it yet. It's sort of the way I feel about um, about Spider Man, where we know we're getting um, Ben Affleck's Batman. We know we're getting Michael Keaton's Batman. I don't, yeah, I just have no idea how. Uh, like, is is the Flash fighting these guys? Is he teaming up with these guys? It's it's definitely. Kind of how I feel about this this uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, where I just don't know what to make of it just yet. Did you see our friend Skylar post about how he's surprised that a lot of people are mad about the Billy Crudup thing? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's just such a small role, right? Yeah, it's it's so weird. People are fucking standing him. I guess. I mean, he's a great actor. He's great. Fucking almost famous. Obviously, Doctor Manhattan. I love to take on that. Before Ruffalo was announced as Hulk, I was like thinking, man, 
Billy Crudup would make a great banner. Sixty yeah. Silver Age Bruce Banner. And he's one of those actors like that I'm like, I hope he gets to join in the MCU. Maybe as a villain. Because he's so good. But yeah, I'm surprised that people are mad that he's not in Justice League when he's he was in it for like two minutes. He's on the phone or something, right? Yeah, in prison. So I don't know again what's the draw for that. It feels like a big waste of a of an actor if he's just gonna be in prison talking to to Ezra Miller for five minutes and then he's done. Yeah. Unless he, you know, they find a way to bring him out and, and shit. But yeah, it's it's not uh, it's not that much of a loss. I hope Billy Crudup finds another role, larger role in, in this superhero world. He's obviously gonna be Wolverine in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I could see it. Yeah. It's perfect casting. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking speaking of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We, uh, I was able to screen it, screen episode one, and Charles will be taking a look at them this week and, and putting a review together for the website. Um, obviously, can't say anything more than what I said and on my uh, on my Twitter feed, but it, it was it, it's something just absolutely delivers on all the action stuff that you expect. But like I like I said, I was really caught off guard i guess by by the intensity and the depth of the character moments with uh, both bucky and sam and and i think that 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 is something that is going to make this stand out like the action is going to be great it's a, it's a big marvel studios thing um when i interviewed director Kari scogland um the other day she told me that basically they shot it as a 6 hour movie so it's no it's no surprise that they tried to to make the action on par with the stuff and she also said that too that uh that the bar that they were holding themselves to was the same bar as everything that had come before so when i asked her about the falcon and the winter soldier trying to live up to captain america the winter soldier she said she didn't feel any pressure but that those those films were the bar for her and so that's they wanted to deliver um but in on the action and and they certainly did but yeah you guys are going to get a you're, you're in for a treat with with what Stan and Mackie are, are doing here, other than just the action. It's a really, that, that caught me off guard. And this is really, the, the first episode is really great. It feels like the first half of the first act of a movie. And we know we've got a lot of big stuff coming. And, uh, and I, I'm excited to, to see, have you guys see it and to start the conversation um, with, with the fandom around this and see what they think about this, especially um, in, in how starkly contrasted it is to WandaVision. Are we gonna get three minute credits again here? Um, I fast forwarded through the credits to to see the um, cast listing, so I didn't really pay attention. But the show, I think the <clears throat> the total runtime for the thing was like forty seven eighteen, and I think the episode was right around forty minutes. Oh, not bad, not bad. I'm excited to see some of the quieter, somber moments you were talking about and, and a lot of the cr- critics were talking about. Um, I want to see how exactly they do the quiet stuff. I know, you know, it's a it's a loud, big action series, so it's going to be nice to see how much of these actors um, get to flex their skills during, you know, the quiet stuff. Yeah, and, and I think uh, when I interviewed Kari, she and I asked her, like, about about the kind of questions that were central here she she said like is is captain america still relevant um is there a captain america that makes sense like in this post blip world 
And and that's kind of where where Sam picks this up, right? Like, it, you know, when we last saw him in Endgame, he was handed the shield by Steve, but he didn't feel like he deserved it. Um, at the, even in that in that moment, he said it felt like someone else's, and, and nothing's changed for him. Uh, even though they don't, I don't know that they give an, an exact time from when he talked to Steve to when we pick this up, but it certainly you, you get the feeling it certainly wasn't very long. Um, and you know he's he's in those he's in that mind space that Kari talked about. He's asking himself those questions when when we pick up the series. And if you think about you know now we have this time to explore. There's no and Kari said this too. There's no rush, um, given the the way that they they slotted this and and blocked this out. You don't have to be in a hurry and to wrap something up. And so when you're in the in the process of this character exploration stuff, you can let them go. And she mentioned to me that. Uh, she she wanted to challenge the actors with this and make them struggle through those moments and and when you see it on film man it was it was great it really it really turned out well and and the next big thing coming up after Falcon and the Winter Soldier which is going to have a, a six uh, six week six episode run um, unless you know they have the surprise tenth episode which is also the fifty second episode of WandaVision and <laughs> and the first episode of the third season of Iron Fist maybe I don't know it could be they could have wow. anything up their sleeves we don't know crazy uh, but but the next big thing after Falcon and the Winter Soldier wraps up is of course Black Widow and the news came out this week that they were gonna stick to the the date and to a purely theatrical release I'm surprised that they didn't mention any possibility of D plus makes me think that there's something in the contract that prohibits them from putting it on D plus. Yeah, I was, I was surprised that there was no mention of Disney plus or of how long the theatrical release window was going to be. I know that, I don't know if it was Bob Chapek or Bob Iger or somebody recently said that they kind of knew that, they weren't going to be able to to sustain a two month release window or, or exclusive theatrical window anymore that or, or whatever they go with. Um, he knew that they were going to have to cut that back. So I, I was surprised not to see it. But then as I thought about it more, it kind of makes sense because if he comes out and says, hey, it's only going to be in theaters for two weeks before we put it on Disney Plus, a lot of people aren't going to go to theaters then. Um, <laughs> they're just going to wait it out. So this might be a thing where they... They release it, and then on like on Friday, uh, May twenty first, they're like, "Hey, guess what, fuckers? Here it is. It's on Disney Plus, and and surprise us with it, because they they need some of those audiences in uh, in theaters where it's safe, I guess, to to make up for the huge amount of money they probably are are sitting on with this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's strange because, um. It seems like forever ago that this thing filmed and we got our trailer and just thinking like uh, thinking back a year ago as we're recording this. It's uh, it's just been almost exactly a year since things in Mich- here in Michigan got shut down and since things all across the U.S. and the world got crazy. And I'll never I'll never, ever forget sitting here talking on a podcast last year. I'm sitting in the same chair that I sat in then and people still thought they were going to see Black Widow in theaters last May. It just blows my mind that it's been a, a year since we started our quarantine lockdown podcast. It was like fucking... How many episodes did we do? Like 50? No, not 50 episodes. Like like 30 episodes maybe in lockdown? 
Yeah, it seemed it seemed like it. I remember us making a joke about that it was like our 500th lockdown podcast episode because we were just everyone was just stuck at home and and uh, and everything you know. So we've come so far, but it's still you know when when Black Widow hits theaters here on on May 7th, it's still going to be to half capacity theaters at best, I, I would imagine. And yeah. and uh, you know I don't know if do you. Do you make up for that by running your theaters 24 hours a day, it, even if they're half capacity? Is is a movie like Black Widow, which is a major Marvel Studios movie that was going to make a billion dollars, is that even enough to get people back out of their houses yet? Here, you know, a year later, a lot of people still aren't vaccinated. A lot of people still don't feel, um, you know, feel safe doing doing much out in public. So I don't I don't know that how how well this is going to do financially uh because of because of all those things uh but i'm i'm excited i'm kind of i'm nervous to i, I don't know if we're gonna if disney will, will work with us on this and allow us to screen the movie ahead of time uh digitally or if if we're, i don't i guess i don't feel like they're ready to get back to big premieres and press junkets and stuff yet so um yeah, I'm I, I'm anxiously awaiting this because Charles and I talked about this on the uh, on the um, Tr- Universal Church of, Church of Truth this morning. But one of my original scoops dating back like five years, four or five years ago, was that they were developing a Black Widow solo movie when it wasn't announced yet, and people were firmly in the camp that it would never happen. <laughs> so you know, I've been. I feel like I've been waiting for this thing forever. Uh, and so I'm, I'm excited to see it, but yeah, I don't know that, you know, I'm rushing my family out to a theater to see it. So I, I'll, I'll see how this goes. Um, other, other, uh, big Marvel studios news from the week. And it became more about the response than the news. Uh, our friends at the Illuminati shared uh, a story that guardians of the galaxy volume three, was looking for a Zac Efron type for Adam Warlock. Um, and as as he is apt to do, director James Gunn promptly got on Twitter and took a giant steaming shit on the on the news. Um, and, and it was interesting to watch the back and forth and and to see what James denied and to see the conversation and the argument that there that was going on. And James was very adamant that they're not casting right now and they aren't looking only for Caucasian actors. Um, but I know a lot of people, a lot of people are still clinging on to hope on this because one thing that James didn't deny is that Warlock is going to be in the movie. I think it's a given that he's there given how, um, how volume two and then so, uh, a crazy character like Warlock is very much up in the wheelhouse of James Gunn. He's very off kilter, off beat. He's very weird. Even I kind of can't kind of I can't understand exactly what Warlock is and what Magus is. They just seem like very, very fucking Starlin characters that don't make sense. And um, yep. it's very, very much perfect for James Gunn. So I think it's gonna happen. I think Warlock's gonna be in his movie. I just think currently he what he says is probably true. He's probably not working on anything, any casting stuff right now. So. It sucks for our friends, but it is what it is. I, I, the thing with James is like any story that has James Gunn's name on it, you're scared to run because he might just fucking shit on it five minutes later. Yep. Well, and that it took him like three days with our crypto uh, information before he finally did. But he was he was nice about that and said, you know, hey, I've 
this was something that I was interested in, but I've, I've not made any decisions on what I'm doing at, at DC, you know, moving forward. So, um, it was, he was very kind in, in his dismissal of that story. Um, this one, he was a little bit more aggressive and, and defending, uh, his, his stance on that, which is understandable. Um, I can't imagine being a guy who is in charge of these huge, huge budget projects and these, have these huge fan bases and, and I think having misinformation out there has got to be really, really frustrating, right? Like it's mm-hmm. got to be, it's got to just drive you nuts. And um, so I can understand where he comes from. I, I mean, I I go through it on a on a much much smaller scale where people are like, "Ooh, Charles Murphy said," and I'm like, "I never fucking said that." <laughs> and and it's really frustrating uh, just in that. And it's like five people that do it to me, and he's got you know thousands and thousands of people um, possibly passing around info so yeah well it's it is um guardians is on the slate guardians 3 to to film at the end of this year um we don't know when we know that james is is working on the peacemaker series right now and and this is uh so guardians of the galaxy volume 3 is like after that and uh on on track for a 2023 release date at this point according to the investor day fact sheet it's definitely not 2022 so um 2023 it is and and i think that kind of Brings us to the one last piece that I just remembered. I was talking about this uh, as far as things go on Twitter. Um, Blade creator Marv Wolfman had had an Instagram post where he mentioned he was looking forward to seeing Blade and on uh, on the big screen next year. And we we read that we got a hold of it. a lot of people did. And then Marv came out like a day or two later, basically saying like I don't know when the fuck this movie's coming out. <laughs> I've been doing this long enough to know that. These creators, Starlin, everyone else, they kind of, they probably, they probably know less than us. As far as insider stuff. And him saying, yeah, I don't know. That reminds me of Starlin talking with um, the comicbook.com people about um, Thanos in Eternals. Yeah. Where where he was like, I have confirmed (laughs) with Marvel he's in it. But I've also read it in theories out there. Yeah. He, he read some rumors. <laughs> yeah, it's it's always interesting. They um, and and it's funny because these guys have obviously so much invested in these characters, and I couldn't imagine being someone like Marv who created so many great characters, and, and then being in living in this age now where they're all being brought to life on the screen. It would be so exciting to. It'd be exciting to have ever done anything half as cool as just one thing that he's done, much less all the kinds of things that him and both he and Jim Starlin have done. So, mm-hmm. all right, guys, it looks like that does it for this one. A little short, a short episode for 85. Uh, however, it is our record breaking 85th episode. So, um, you know, we've, we've come, uh, we've come a long way from me sitting in a hotel lobby, um, to, to try to get our first one in, in, in April of, 2019 so we've uh we even have microphones now which is pretty cool so uh (laughs) we as always we thank you guys for listening and your support and we will talk to you again soon bye